This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And Lord, you have distinctly spoken to us as a church, but as individuals in the last two services. Would you speak to us again today? Thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to bring you a message entitled The Domino Effect. Actually, does everybody have their domino? Did you get your dominoes when you came in? All right, go ahead and get those. I want, uh, I want you to keep these, take them home with you, and you'll understand more about what that is in just a moment. Let's open the word to Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1. Imagine yourself in this moment. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Now, I just want to stop there for just a moment and, and say, I want you to understand what's being said here. God says, Abram, I got this. I mean, that's basically the gist of it. I got this. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, I got it covered. Whatever you need, I got this. And that, I mean, how many would like if God just spoke to you audibly and said, it's all good? Wouldn't that be cool? You just heard the, <laughs> I just imagined a couple of you driving down the road in your trucks and all of a sudden God says, I got this. He's like, whoa, you know, and, but God says, I got this. I got you covered. And I love the amount of faith Abraham responds with. You ready for this? God shows up and says, I got you covered. And Abraham responds, I'm laughing because in the last service I got in trouble with this statement, but Abram said, you know when something starts with a but, it is not normally good. God says, I got you covered, I got this, but Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can, give, what can you give me since I remain childless? Wow. God shows up and says, I got you. Everything's going to work out for you. Good. Everything's great. And all of a sudden, he has to throw this, this, this conjunction in here. And he says, but God, what does it matter what you can do for me? I don't have this one thing. I've got all this else, but God, I, I remain childless. And, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Now, I want to get this in perspective for ourselves. God says, I want to do good for you. I want to bless you. I want to prosper you. I want you to succeed. And what do we do? What's the very first thing we do? God says, okay, I got you covered. And we come up with this, this, I almost did it again. Might as well, this real big butt. And we say, I don't, you can't do this because of this. 
God, this one area that you failed me in, this one area that, that, that I struggle in, this one area we build this monument to. And see, that's the problem. We build these monuments to the areas of our lives we feel like either God let us down or we let God down. God says, I've got you covered. I got you. You're going to be good. It's all going to work out for you. You're good. And all of a sudden, God says, I got this. We go, but, but God, you, I, I believe you, but this. Now, I don't know what that is in your life, but we all have something that pops up. Maybe it's a failure. God says, I've got it covered. I, I, I stand up here and I, I preach a message to you telling me God's promises are for you. God loves you. And you're like, oh, yes, God's promise, but this. Somebody tells you you can have victory in your life and you're like, oh, yes, I want victory, but, but, but this. And there's this monument that you built to the defeat. There's this monument that you built to de destruction. There's this monument that you built to your personal failure. There's this monument built. I mean, I, I can tell you in my life, that thing that, that, that comes up, it, it reminds, it's sin in my life that I struggle with. Boom. God says, I got you covered. We're going to take care of this. And I'm like, thank you, God. But this. And we build a monument to the very things that we think keep the promises of God out of our lives. Now watch what God responds to this with. Then the word of the Lord. And I think that's essential. It was a word from God. Too many of us are running on a word from somebody else. Are you running on the wrong word from the enemy? But then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood, will be your heir. He took him outside. God took Abraham outside and said to him, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now watch this. God says, I've got you. Abraham says, but Lord, you don't that you failed me in this way, and I failed you in this way, and, and there's this big hindrance. And God says, No, bro, I will do it. I'm promising you, I will do it. And I don't know why this service has been different. Sermon's been different in all three services, but the point that I just felt jump in my heart was somebody in here needs to understand. I don't care how long you've waited for it, and I don't care how many times you think you've messed it up, God's working for your good. God's going to do what he promised he's going to do for you. And the thing that, that's going to trigger that, the thing that's going to release that into your life, the thing that's going to enable you to begin to receive what God has intended for you to receive is the very next thing here in this verse. God says, I've got this, I've got this. And Brahm says, but God, this is the problem. And God says, no, I know what the problem is. And you're just look, believing for a small response. But I've got something greater for you. And I, I've got to tell somebody, that might be why you're not receiving what you've been after because you're looking for some small thing when God has some great thing in store for you. And then the key that unlocks it all, Abram believed. Abram believed the Lord. He believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Now what's another word for believed? He had faith. Would you help me with that word? He had faith. One more time. He had faith. 
He had faith. And when faith came into his life in this situation, the Bible says not only did it change his future, it actually changed ours. Because we hear about this moment in Hebrews when when this was a a, a sign of what God was going to do concerning the promise of the Messiah. But he believed and faith came into play. And when faith came into play, all of a sudden he had a promise, he had a struggle, but faith became the buffer between the promise and the struggle that allowed him to lean more toward the promise than the struggle. And somebody needs to find that this morning. You need to find the faith that will enable you to stop looking at the struggle and start looking at the one who showed up and said, I've got you, I'm good, and you're going to be good, and it's going to work out for your good, and start trusting God more than you're trusting the problem. But we built these monuments. And monuments have some, some negative effects. Let me tell you about one monument in particular. Who remembers the the first battle? You remember this from history class, the first battle of the Revolutionary War. Anybody remember? How many of you are not going to say anything no matter what I ask? (laughs) The first shots were fired where? Lexington and Concord. All right, I know we're going to have to have some lessons on history this summer. But Lexington and Concord, that was where the first bullets were exchanged, but not the first battle of the Revolutionary War. The first battle did not occur between two sets of troops. After Washington was allowed to raise his army, the first assignment that he sent troops against was not against a British regiment. The first assignment that he sent troops against on July 9th, 1776, he sent troops downtown into a city and they were all surrounded a 15-foot statue of King George III on a horse. They gathered around this monument that had been put dead center of this city to remind them, you are subject, you are under bondage, you are not free. And the first thing that Washington said we're going to do when he had the troops to do it, he said, we're going to tear down the reminder that tells us that we're not free. And so they went down and they attacked this great lead statue and they broke it into pieces. They destroyed it with everything in them. Did that win the war? No. But it was a first start. It was a beginning that would tell ultimately everyone around the world, we're not going to play about this. We're going to be free. Why? Because they made up their minds, we're going to tear down the symbols of the bondage in our life. Now, why is this important for us. Why is it important today that we realize that all of us have monuments that stand as glaring examples of why we're not free? We all have monuments that come up in our... Let me just tell you, some of you, when you come into this church, you drag that monument behind you, and everybody else begins to get in the presence of God, and they're, they're singing, open the eyes of my heart, God, and there's that one brother right over there, and he's getting real excited, and you're just like, why can't I feel God like that? Or that one sister that just begins to cry and you can tell that God's touching her and you're like, God, I want to know you like that. But the problem is this, your hands aren't up to him like this. They're hugging the monument. They're hugging the struggle. They're hugging the failure. They're hugging all the things that tell you there's a reason why you can't feel God because the enemy wants you to build this monument and stay out of the presence of God. But I've come to tell you today, it's time for that monument and everything else that exalts itself against the will of God for your life to be broken down and to be destroyed because God's promises are for you and they are yes and amen in your life. 
It's time that they begin. But here's the problem. Most of us want to tear down the monument, but we don't know where to start because we've run against that monument over and over and over again. Maybe I'm just going to preach to myself for a moment, but, but I, that, that works sometimes. Every time I'm going to beat this, I'm going to beat this. I run up against it. And I run up. It's like beating my head against the wall. And I find myself back in the altar, back in my prayer closet at home, back right there, having to repent over something I was determined to beat again and again and again and again. Does that make sense to anybody else in here? Apparently, God said amen right about that time, too. Listen to me. It doesn't begin with an attack on the monument. It begins in the little things. Little things change a lot. The Bible said that we're defeated because of the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little areas. I want you to get that domino out for just a moment. You see, this has been built over time. Whatever the monument of struggle, the monument of pain, the monument of disappointment in your life has been built over time and you've been pushing against it, trying to get it to move, trying to get it out of your way so you can just connect to God. But you're not going to defeat it there. You're going to defeat it here. You're going to defeat it in the little decisions of your life. You're going to defeat it in the small places of your life. You're going to defeat it. And I don't know if you know what it's going to be yet, but before you leave, I want you to know what that first step needs to be in your life, what that little thing that needs to topple in your life will be. You see, when you begin to move forward in your life, you begin to attack the strongholds that are keeping you out of the promises of God. You have to start in the small places. You have to start in the daily decisions. You have to start in those moments that you failed in so many times because the moments that you failed in, they lead you back to that idol, lead you back to that defeat, lead you back to that struggle. So you've got to get over here and you've got to find out how you're going to conquer the little areas, how you're going to conquer the things that always send you headed the wrong way. And so you've got to begin, and I call it the domino effect, you've got to begin in the small areas of your life. I want you to see this. Now a domino, a two-inch domino, has the power that when you knock it over, it has the power to knock over the next domino that's larger than itself. As a matter of fact, every domino has the power to knock over one domino that is one and a half times its size. So this two-inch domino has the power to knock over a three-inch domino. Are you with me? So if I want to destroy a monument that's big and colossal and gigantic in my life, I want to get rid of it. I'm tired of it bonding, uh, it's bondage. I'm tired of it reminding me of my failure. I'm tired of it hindering my praise. I'm tired of it stopping me from reaching my destiny for God. If I want to destroy that, I need to stop beating my head against that. And I need to get over here and realize that if the, if the monument is bitterness, I need to get over here and I need to start doing people right today. If the monument is unforgiveness and struggles, I need to get over here and I need to start speaking kind words and I need to stop holding things against people. I need to start walking in the right place today because you go, Pastor Don, what does this have to do with that? Well, I don't know how big that is in your life, but here's what I know. The domino effect tells me that it's every domino goes one and a half 
times bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, what does that have to do with anything today? Well, what it tells me is this one little two-inch domino, by the effect that it has as it doubles every time, by the 28th domino, it will be as high as the Empire State Building. Now, what does that matter? What does that matter? Well, it matters because it was one decision that affected another decision. And the next decision affected the next decision. So that when I stop trying to just battle about why I can't go forward, and I get over here and I start taking steps forward, and as I take one step forward and another step forward and another step forward for God, I begin to realize something, that faith begins to kick in. And when faith begins to kick in, all of a sudden, things that I couldn't move, things that I couldn't knock over, are falling in front of me. And as they fall in front of me before long, the very thing that held me out is going to fall before me because God's going to have bigger and greater things for me ahead. You see, it's called progress. And in your life, there's two kinds of progress that you can have. You can have linear progress or exponential progress. Linear progress or exponential progress. And what that means is you're going to have to make up your mind whether you're going to move forward at a slow pace or you're going to allow God to move you forward at his pace. And here's how that works. Now look, don't be like the other two services. This question is really not a trick question. Linear progress moves you forward one step at a time. For example, two plus two equals the best service yet. Wow. Two plus two equals four. That's linear progression. I want to move forward. Two, I add two more, I'm at four. If I want to move forward again, I add two more, I'm at six. And I'm moving forward. It is progress, but it's not the best kind of progress. Because the next kind of progress is called exponential progress. And in mathematics, we're told that exponential progress means the compounding of doubles. And if I want to move forward in an exponential way, watch this now, the compounding of doubles, if linear is 2 plus 2 equals 4, then the compounding of doubles means that 4 times 4 equals... Wow, this is the smartest service of the day. I said it in the second service and people went... You're right. 4 times 4 equals 16. And what happens there is I have then compounded the double there and I have moved exponentially forward in in still one one step, okay? I moved from just linear, two plus two equals four. Now I have exponentially moved forward by compounding the doubles. Now what does this have to do with our lives? Here's what I want you to get, that faith isn't linear. Faith just doesn't move you one little bump at a time. Faith is exponential. When you unleash the power of the Holy Spirit of God into your life and you invite, my good, I feel him as I'm talking about him today, and you invite him into your situation, you're not just going to take little baby steps forward, but with that baby step, you're going to find yourself further than you could have imagined and further than you could imagine because when you begin to move forward in the little areas, God says, I can use that to bring you to a better place. Faith is exponential. In our story today, Abraham only wanted one heir, but God said, I'm going to give you more than you can count. Abraham's response, he believed. 
His faith unlocked the exponential results. Watch this now. His faith toppled the first domino. And some of you are going, Pastor Don, I've been trying to walk this way for so long. And the problem is you've been walking linear. In linear walking, if I start right here and I take a linear step, what's going to happen is about every three feet as my normal gait will take me forward. In 30 steps, I'll only be 90 feet. 90 feet that I can move myself forward. If somehow I was able to take an exponential step, which I am not in my natural self, but in some way, if I could take an exponential step, that, that means that I have to double every time. So I can't even attempt. I'm not going to, somebody go, Pastor Don's going to do a high jump up there. Watch this. But I can't even go that next step because if I took exponential steps and 30 steps exponentially, I would have circumferenced the world 26 times. Why? Because it's compounding that. And some of you have been saying, listen to me, you've been battling the same devil far too long because you've been running your head up against that same sin, that same struggle. And God sent me with a message to tell you today that there's power in the victory that comes through unleashing faith in your life that if I do what I can... God's going to do what he can. And when God does what he can, I'll move further than I ever thought possible. You see, all it takes on my part is the unleashing of faith. To knock over a domino takes, listen to me, takes 0.024 joules of energy. 0.24 joules of energy. But the force that that makes, by the time it's only gone 13 times greater, 13 times greater, is over 2 billion joules of energy have now been exhausted. Why? Because when I started the work, it began to continue. Can I tell you one of my favorite scriptures that I love to quote? He that began a good work in you is also faithful to carry it through unto its completion. When you allow God to start something in you and you stand on that, God begins to move you forward. Pastor Don, you don't understand. I fought this devil far too long. No, that's the problem. You fought the devil far too long. It's not you that should be fighting, but it is he that is in you because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We need to get God involved in our lives. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Don, I'll never fix my marriage. No, you won't, but God can. Pastor Don, I can't change my life. No, you can't, but God can. Thank y'all for not saying amen better. I'd hurt myself today. You see, faith starts in the small areas of our lives. At the place we invite God into our everyday lives. The place where we involve God in the decision-making process of our lives. The place where God begins to topple the little things that have been tripping us up. We have to deal with the small places if we ever want the big victories. That two-inch domino might seem insignificant. But as it falls, it can cause a change reaction to a more powerful change. And that one area that God says, give me this, all of a sudden begins to move you forward to more powerful change in your life. The question then is, how do we move from linear progression to exponential progression by faith? I'm going to give these to you very quickly today. If you want to write them, you need to write fast. I'm going to give them to you fast. One, you need to be determined to grow beyond the next step. You need to become determined to grow beyond the next step. A linear progression implies staying the same even if growth occurs. Size may increase, but basic behavior stays the same. Let me just give you an example. While we were away, 
We stopped in one of those fast food restaurants that has a, a, a little jungle gym type thing in it. And Charlie's grown a little bit over the last two and a half years. And he comes out and he's holding his head. And I said, buddy, what's wrong? He said, I hit my head on the top of the tube. I said, why did you hit your head on the top of the tube? He said, I'm too tall for the tube. And I said, well, I guess you're about to grow out of that. He didn't want to hear that he was growing out of the jungle gyms at the place. And I thought about that as I was looking at this point in this sermon. You see, he was outgrowing that and he didn't want to outgrow that. I thought, what if I had climbed in that tube? I might still be in that tube. Can I get an amen? (laughs) My family may have had to fly home without me. Why? Because I've grown. I've increased. Linear progression tells me, though, that I want to do what I've always done, even when I progress. And that's the way the devil wants you living. He wants you to live like you've always lived, even when you're trying to make progress. But that's not what God called you to. God didn't call you to stay the same. God saved you so that he could deliver you and make you whole. And to make you whole, God wants to use that progress. So as I take one step forward and I begin to grow, I realize I'm not who I used to be. And then as I move forward, I don't do what I used to do. I can't go where I used to go because now I'm going somewhere. I'm becoming something. And they used to call this holiness in the church. When I begin to live like God wants me to live, God begins to do things in my life that I can't do, and before long, I'm somewhere better than I could have ever been on my own. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Did somebody change my church while I was gone? Let me just try that again. Can I get an amen this morning? Why don't you give God a praise? Come on. Second point, allow faith free range in your life. You've got to allow faith free range in your life. You must linear compartmentalizes your faith. Says that can come out on Sunday, but I'm going to do like I want on Friday. Exponential faith says, God, the same God I felt while I was singing yesterday, I want to feel when I wake up and go to work. I want you to be there in the middle of rush hour. I want you to be there when I don't know how to work with that boss. I want you to be there when I don't know how to interact with that person. I want you to be there when I get home and we're having a fight in the middle of my family. God, I want you to show up. And when God shows up, you're going to find exponential growth begins to occur. Next point I want you to see is this. In order to move from linear to exponential, you've got to have to allow faith free range in your life. Faith free range in your life. Then... I want you to see this next point, that you have to prepare for a new environment. You have to prepare for a new environment. While we were driving, we'd come into an area. I never said anything to the family. I didn't want to scare them. And it was the, the snow was beginning to melt. And as we'd come into this environment, there'd be signs on the side of the road that say, Warning, avalanche zone. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be caught in an avalanche. But this is the way an avalanche uh, works or doesn't work. We watched uh, an iceberg calving, and as icebergs would calve, little pieces would just come off, or dust would blow off. And but they'd actually had an earthquake there some years before, and a significant portion of the iceberg had broke off. Why? Because the earthquake caused an exponential change. Normally, that linear change is a little bit here and a little bit there as it breaks off, just a little bit at a time. The same way with an avalanche. If you go into an avalanche area and, and it's linear change in that avalanche area, it means a little bit of snow breaks off and rolls down. A little bit of snow breaks off and rolls down. By the time it gets to the bottom, it quickly melts and everything's fine. But if something causes an exponential change in the environment of that region, here's what happens. It's like that snowball starts, but then it compounds. 
And as it compounds, it begins to create a, a dis, uh, an instability in that area. I thought about here in Georgia, about how many of us have tried to make snowmen in Georgia, praying that we're down on our knees outside in the yard because our kids want a snowman, just praying that that snow will compound. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know in Georgia here, almost every snowman is covered with red Georgia clay? Come on, Amen. Because you're wanting it to compound. But as it begins to compound, it begins to roll down that mountain. As it rolls down that mountain, it gets larger and it begins to take shifts of ice with it. Why? Because it's changing the environment because it's compounded. When you make a simple change by faith for Jesus Christ, you make up your mind, I am going to honor God. I am going to pray. I am going to read my Bible. I am going to make steps forward for God. All of a sudden, faith kicks in and an exponential change begins to happen. And before long, you're going to find yourself in a new environment called a life that God intended for you because you're not going to look like who you used to look like. You're going to start looking like Jesus, the very one that God called you to live like. Because faith will exponentially change who you are. You can turn your obstacles into opportunities for growth. Probably the best one that you need to learn here is you need to find value in yourself. Find value in yourself. Joseph, I've never seen this before. Joseph, living in his father's house, found value in his clothes, in his possessions. But when everything was stripped away from him, he didn't build his father's house up as some monument. He found out who he was. Somewhere behind the back of a camel going across the desert, he began to find value not in things but in himself. He becomes a slave, but as a slave, he has value in himself, and he doesn't allow that slavery to be the monument. He becomes the chief of the house. He's robbed of that opportunity because someone falsely accuses him and they throw him in prison. But instead of living in the bondage of a monument of being mistreated and lied about, he allows the value in himself to rise up and he becomes the head of the prison. I don't know about you, but if I had to be in prison, I'd want to be the chief prisoner. He becomes the head of the prison. He's forgotten, betrayed in the prison, but his value never changes. Here's what you need to find. This doesn't value you. God gives you value. God has blessed you. God has chosen you. It's July 9th, 1776. The men have just thoroughly enjoyed themselves as they have destroyed this image of their captor, the image of their king, the image of the one who held them enslaved. The street is full of broken pieces of lead. General Washington's orders are clear. Gather the lead. Gather the lead. They gather the lead in the carts. They take the carts to a barge and they send it upriver. They take the lead from the statue to a smelting plant. They melt it down into musket balls. They take the musket balls, I think it was over 40,000 of them, they take the musket balls and they send them to the troops and tell them to use the image of what once held them as the ammunition to their freedom. How amazing. Abraham or Abram, his name had not yet been changed, says, God, I don't have. And God says, but I do. And Abraham said, then I trust you. What if 
Instead of saying, God, I can't, I've sinned. God, I can't, I've failed. God, I've, I'll, I'm worried, I'm afraid, I'll do it again. I'm afraid that I'll end up there. What if instead of saying all, declaring the glory of the statue of monument of defeat in your life, what if you started declaring the praise of the God who gave you the promise? God, you're greater than this. You're stronger than this. You're better than this. What has come to destroy me does not value me. I am valued by the price that was paid for me, the blood of Jesus Christ. And you use that ammunition to move you forward to your freedom. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.